Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> got a terrible frog in my throat. Hopefully that will not cause me to cough uncontrollably. I don't think so. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. It is astounding. This week was astounding, was it not? And I'm going to talk about this in the second hour, about how wrong way, if you will, all of the projections this year, so far, it's only a month, have been. Because I find it very, very interesting. It's, it's literally this area won't work, that area won't work. And they're on fire. Well, you can't really own tech stocks now. Really? The NASDAQ's up 11% year to date. 11. We're not even out of January yet. Yeah, you got to buy value. Okay. Well, best known for value would be, well, the Dow. Up two. Little difference. Interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. You know, why? Why is that happening? And what? And, and also, of course, why, why does it happen every single time? Every time. So you take something like Tesla, and you put the reason to own Tesla in a courtroom suing him this week. And you write article after article for months about how distracted he is, how off his game he is, how wrecked Tesla is. And it's up over 30% year to date. I know, it's down 50%, pretty volatile stock, down 50% even after being up 30 from a year ago. But you know what I'm saying is, is so, all these things are so certain, right? We all know what we know 30 days ago until it's completely wrong. I mean, completely wrong. And all of these things take off, and the world is upside down again for what we know. And now what we know, or what you're hearing on Wall Street, right, <clears throat> is this constant parroting in the op opposite direction. Or, if you will, well, it's because the Fed's backing off or whatever, you know, blame the Fed or praise the Fed. Either way, you're not wrong. It's the Fed. And nobody could have known that. All of this uh, is a constant, isn't it? And, and we find this with, the, with, with so many stocks that we're sure to be down and out. And after all the tax loss selling at the end of the year, they're just on fire. I mean, their stocks are up 80%. 80. Not because they're being bought out. <laughs> you know, it's just they're up. Can't take them away. And they're not meme stocks. Which brings me to Bed Bath & Beyond and an old story here locally. Because I think stories help us remember this and help us tell stories to our kids and grandkids so that they maybe can learn something and not do it. For those of you who are relatively new or uh, have forgotten, Morrison Knudsen was a giant company, engineering company, built the Hoover Dam and all those amazing projects, was headquartered here in Boise. Beloved in the community. And then taken down by a horrifyingly bad CEO. Before they, you know, instead of railing about the horrors of all that, it, it, it was terrible. And it was a really sad thing to see. Really sad. But the reality was, as it was going down, they removed the CEO, and it didn't matter. It was too late. It's just too late. And they let people know publicly they were going to go bankrupt. I believe Bed Bath & Beyond did the same thing here recently. 
that they probably were going to have to raise more funds or or go out of business. So I literally, I literally was on vacation, and with my family, we were driving around Lake Tahoe. Perfect day. Of course, at that time, right? You know, in the summer, it's like a parking lot. So you're just driving. You're barely coasting. But I remember it because the company spokesperson called and said, thank you for continuing to tell people not to own our stock. We are going to have to file bankruptcy. That's a fact. We've stated it. He wasn't telling me inside information at all. Nothing at all. Except to simply say, keep, keep telling people. Which I did. Came back, did the radio show on Saturday. And in fact, said the same thing. You can't own it. You can't buy it. They're going to zero. They have the, the, the valuations. If there's anything left, it'll be tiny. And actually, Forbes had done a huge piece on it, thinking it was worth like 25 cents. When you broke apart all of the supposed bankruptcy ramifications. And the stock was trading, I believe, at 3 or $4. People wanted to buy the stock. I mean, literally, I had four phone calls, four, of people I didn't know wanted uh, wanted to open up an account and buy MK stock after saying we shouldn't buy it. I don't understand it. Well, they built the Hoover Dam. I. It doesn't matter. And we get in these circumstances sometimes where people are like, but I really like that company or whatever. And now we even have the meme stock environment where people get out there on social media and say, I'm buying the stock. I'm buying Bed Bath & Beyond. Not going to be worth zero, even though the company said so. How many people in the last couple of weeks have gotten their head handed to them for the umpteenth time when a company said, we're going to go out of business? What that says is don't put your foot on the gas and drive through the sign that says bridge out. Don't do that. It won't end well. Don't keep going. It says stop. Don't stop and leave. Very dangerous. It is crazy. But it goes again to show you how we get caught up in whatever it is, in get rich quick, in thinking about it. We saw it right here in town. People literally bought it, even though the company said, don't. Do not buy this stock. We are going bye-bye. Oh, okay. I'll buy 100 shares. Wow. Wow. I saw financial advisors do it. I'm not joking. This is something that we really, I know sometimes for people that are like, why would somebody do it? I know. I don't know. I don't get it. But they do. They do. And it's a very odd thing. Stop. No, I can't. Why? I can't. It is a very odd thing, but it is really true. And we saw, I think Bed Bath & Beyond one week went up 80%. After announcing they were going to go bankrupt. I mean, it's just incredible. Now, it's all tanking. I get it. But how many people bought it? You know, off of some chat thing. Incredible. We got Oh, boy. It's just incredible. It's incredible. All right. I got to take a quick break. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and once again, thank you for joining us. And if you have any comments, questions, love to hear from you. Uh, please do so at PetsoFinancial.com. We are um, happy to answer your questions, and you can get a hold of us there. It, also, we've got podcasts 
articles, calculators to help you with your own finances. So uh, check it out, and we'd love to hear from you there as well. But our uh, email here is dave at petsofinancial.net if you prefer that to the phone number. All right. It's amazing to me, as I say, how often everybody is sure about certain things. And in the next hour, I'm going to talk a lot about that. A lot. Because it's like we change in real time, right? We laugh about this, but it is really amazing to watch, for example, somebody like Jim Cramer, okay? Very famous um, financial guy with CNBC, right? You know, bye, 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 sa, 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 all this, right? And his track record is absolutely horrible. It truly is. But it is something because you can, I've never seen anybody on the fly move from in the morning, let's say it's been a bad market for the last couple of weeks and it's really dooming and gloomy and Oh, I just can't be any better than that. I can't get any better until we do this, this, this. And I'm telling you, I'm talking to the CEO, I'm talking to this. I'm talking to all the really smart people on the planet so I know what the future is going to be, and it's really bad, really bad. And then by noon, we have some kind of big rally out of the blue. And at noon, we're going to go for another report or whatever, and it's any fly to the afternoon, and it's like, you know, everything's looking so much better out there now. And it's like, who are you? And this is, he's not alone. He's just probably one of the best at pretending to have been leaning the right direction when he was leaning the wrong direction, which he does all the time. He's an incredibly emotional person. We know how that works on Wall Street. And so we also have to watch that ourselves. We hear that all the time. And we, in our own mind, suddenly after markets are doing really good this month, we look back and we forget how bad they looked at the beginning of the year, how bad the projections were. So we're going to touch on that. And and we're going to touch also on what about foreign stocks? Are they really making a comeback? I mean, seriously, they kind of sort of are. Do we believe in them again? Is Europe really going to be a place that embraces business again? All right, we'll talk a little bit more about that. You obviously hear the Music, and we will be back after Fox News. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. And, of course, as we always say, these are my opinions and my opinions only. I don't know what your objectives are, what your other, the rest of your portfolio is, so we're not here to tell you to buy, 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 and sell, sell, sell. We're, we're the anti that. That's absurd. Absolutely absurd. What everybody knew this year, was going to happen, is what was happening. All all Wall Street ever does, this is so important to understand, is to parrot what, just just to look in the rearview mirror, that's what's happened, so this is going to happen. They always do it. So what worked last year will work this year. That's what they all said. Buy value stocks. That's what you have to own. And that might still be true. We're only talking one month in, but this is a very classic example. And, and they repeat it over and over. You know, wash, rinse, repeat. It's just every time. Well, with a 60-40 portfolio, and then they say the 60-40 portfolio is broken because it went down a massive amount like nothing ever before because bonds did, and bonds would never have worked at 1%. Maybe it happened faster than people thought. But when your interest rates are at one and someday have got to go higher, like let's say to four and a quarter like they are now, it may not happen over a 12-month period all the time, but they can't work. That's what anybody with any common sense at all would have known, but still Wall Street was selling everybody on the 60-40. Because why? We don't change our mind. We can't think outside of what I learned in business school. Golly, why would you present new facts to me? I don't want to change because it makes it easy. I don't have to think. That requires caloric intake to actually have the brains working 
I don't want to do that. It would require me to take a risk when I can just sound like everybody else. I'm not going to put these names out, actually, I because well, our clearing firm is TD Ameritrade, which is becoming Schwab. And But I went to the Schwab conference this year. You know what the big news was? And this is December, like the beginning of the first week or so. Yeah, first couple days in December. The big news, or November. The big news was the 60-40 was broken. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I actually raised my hand at one of the meetings and asked the really super smart three people at the front of the room, strategists, Well, I would agree that it was broken when interest rates were at 1%, but now that rates are higher, isn't it kind of like fixed? Better, at least? Maybe not the perfect answer, but better? Well, you know, it was like, the, it's broken. Because the rearview mirror said 60-40 was down 20%. Never Ever has it been that bad? Why? Because the forty percent that's in bonds, sixty percent stocks, forty percent bonds. That's what that means. That's what we we're all taught to be, have the perfect por portfolio to get to draw four percent income all the days of your life, cost of living adjusted, and yet a ninety percent certainty of it working. Except when interest rates are at one, I can promise you, it won't work. We've been talking about that for literally ten years or more. 60-40 is not only broken, it was broken. It can't work when 40% of your portfolio is earning less than the draw rate you want to take. It won't work. Period. End of story. And, and, and But Wall Street continued to sell it like it was some kind of magical thing that could somehow defy gravity. And then it didn't, and now it's broken? Are you serious? What's wrong with these people? And these are the genius strategists up, up front. This is what goes for portfolio management all of the time. And this is why I always come back to, and, and recently did. In fact, I, I'm going to just go ahead and, and point to it because it, it's out on YouTube now, is our 2022 review and 2023 outlook. Because are we going to predict what's going to happen in 23? Well, I don't want to kill the movie's theme or the YouTube's punchline. But the answer is really no. And that's why it's so important. Honestly, I think it's one of the most important ones we, I will keep pointing back to and keep talking about here. Because we can't know the future. And what we know isn't worth knowing. The most important of the Ten Investment Commandments, in my, in, in my opinion. Well, they're my, my investment commandments, and I can put them however I want. And they're for me. To remind me of my own human arrogance. That I can figure things out and know the future. To remind myself when I'm thinking I'm so super smart that there's a whole lot of other people out there that have, in fact, been really smart and don't agree. Or we all think the same. So it really doesn't matter because it's already priced in. Think about it this way. So we enter this year and we're sure we're heading into a recession. Well, do you know what happens 100% of the time? When we go into a recession, approximately halfway through the recession, stocks bottom. You know, towards the beginning, towards halfway through, and the data continues to get terrible. But the stock market takes off. Why do you think that is? How could it be? Because you see right in front of you what everybody sees. People have already sold. They're already out. What you know isn't worth knowing. And we all have this idea that because we read a lot, we listen a lot, we think a lot, we don't think at all. 
honestly, we parrot a lot of the data we already agree with. The right is always right. Left is always wrong. They're kooky. They're crazy. They're awful. Not necessarily. And we think about this in the financial markets and what you know isn't worth knowing because they are pricing it in. That's why markets bottom before the data gets better. They're pricing in the recovery. Could we be doing some of that now? You know, with some of the stocks that were down like 80%. Do you think that there's more bad news to come for them? I do. But do you think people were waiting for all of that bad news or did they sell? They sold. They sold. They sold six months ago, five months ago. Some sold nine months ago. And everybody washed out all this stuff by the end of December, and we had the classic end of tax loss selling, and everything that was down big last year is up 30% and more in a month. It's incredible. Some stocks even more than that. And what everybody knew coming into the year was that you wanted to buy value stocks, which haven't performed well at all. You had to avoid tech. It was way overpriced. Everybody knew it. You knew that the market was overpriced. Everybody said it. And so when they walk around going, well, God, I don't know what to say because, you know, the NASDAQ's up 11%. Apple, Google, Facebook, Facebook, Meta. My gosh, this is never going to have a future. They burn money on this stupid thing called the metaverse. Can't own it. Huge returns in a month. Tesla, you've got to be kidding. Got to get rid of Tesla. Up 30% since the beginning of the year. Unbelievable. Everybody knew the earnings. Whatever. They know, they know, they know. So what is everybody scrambling to do? Sound like they were all in favor of some of these beaten down stocks. Others are going to be honest about it. I didn't expect this. But by and large, Wall Street pretends to now be on the new trend. Here's what we know in 2023. Here's all I know. When we have bad markets, and we certainly did in 2022, when interest rates go up massively from 1% to a better environment for fixed income, crushing, crushing bonds on the way. Worst year ever by far in bonds. Really safe bonds, right? Government bonds. Worst year ever. By far. What I know is I don't know the bottom. I can't possibly guess it. Can't. And there's nothing magical about turning the calendar over. It's just how we measure. But what I do know is when markets were down 25% in the, at, at the end of the summer in August... And great corporations like Amazon, Apple, Google. No, you don't have to like them, okay, but they, they, they're pretty good at, at making money, okay? I'm not saying they're great in, this, in, a, in a social sense. But great corporations, whether they're chemical companies or what have you, but in particular the biggest money makers over the past 10 years, were down 30, 40, 50%. Here's what I know. I don't know if they're going to go down 55% or 60. I don't know if they're going to be going from 40 to 50% down. What I know is that when the market and particularly high-quality companies with rock-solid balance sheets, as Warren Buffett says, moats around their business, go down 25% or more, as the market did, 20% actually, or more, every single time, three years and five years, etc., out, you make a lot of money, 100% of the time. So how does that predict 2023? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. But we have to talk about it because this is what we do. And I think that by talking about the 2023 and the fact that you can't helps us so much 
to understand what we can do. Own the great corporations of the world when they go on sale. Buy more. Own them. Don't ever even think about selling them. Why would you? And I think people get it. They're starting to. Even as Wall Street walks around and draws lines of the P.E. ratio on average is 16.5. Okay. And that means that about six trading days over the past 20 years, it's actually been at 16.5. Wall Street nailed what the earnings numbers would be for corporate America. Nailed them last year. And they were wrong on what the market would do by 28%. The market was down 20. They predicted up 8. And they nailed the biggest component to understanding what market prices should do. This is not like, let's make fun of Wall Street. That's so easy because every single day, they're wrong by some magnitude. And they have high-priced people walking around telling you incorrectly, repeatedly incorrectly, what the future is going to be. And they're very precise. And they know all of the ratios and stuff. So they sound really smart. And we come back to you don't need to be at all right. You just need to own the great corporations of the world. And you need to own them particularly after they have a normal, certain to occur, over and over again, all the days of our life, market correction. And they do that out of the blue. Oh, well, it was because of interest rates. Yeah, and the Fed was telling us they'd raised interest rates 0.75. Oops, <laughs> oops, oops, in the entire year of 22. But we got to listen to the Fed because the Fed knows. The Fed's in control. The Fed can predict the future. Really? And so, you know, when they come out and they said the dot plots this or that or whatever, I should probably just like stop doing everything and listen to them predict the future incorrectly yet again. The Fed hasn't been right one time. They blew it up. Now they're trying hard to fix it. And they predicted three quarter of a point interest rate hikes in 2022. We had the equivalent of 17 of them. Oops. But that's what we need to do and just watch with bated breath. Oh, my gosh, what are they going to say? What do the minutes say? What are the dot plots out 12 months from now? And the market rips. And then somebody goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I don't understand. How, um, 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 oh, it must be the Fed. Yeah, yeah, there was some Fed minutes somewhere that, or a Fed governor said, maybe we're close to done raising interest rates. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, that's the reason. Must be. It is incredible how off we are. And we still try to do that prediction, so I always come back to this. What we know isn't worth knowing. Even to the point of running all the numbers. The average P.E. ratio is 16.5. Who cares? If there's six days that that's true, it's like all the other days, 99% of the time. It's higher or lower than that number. What does that number mean? Nothing. Nothing. But it makes people sound smart and, and is predictive of what? Nothing. And we listen. That person sounds very smart. 2022 was a terrible year, and I wonder... Where you, you take a look a year like 2022, and, and I, I have to look back and go, huh. Now, again, it's arbitrary, you know? Like, why don't we measure a year in the market from, you know, May 15th to May 15th? Because we don't. And so we arbitrarily throw out December 31st is the year end. Okay, well, it makes some sense because it's actually, you know, the calendar year end. But why? We, we put so much on it. The trailing one-year basis. One month, we've done this. And in thir 37 days, we've done that. And, and we've tried to slice up data and come up with numbers that are like, like it's numerology. 
because we really want to try to divine the future when the reality is everything went wrong in 2022. Everything. It all went wrong. JoJo's an idiot. JoJo is, is running the country in the wrong direction. 80% of the people, before you grab the dial and go, I didn't turn in for a political discussion. Fine. I understand. But 80% of the people think we're on the wrong track. Okay? Fair enough? 80% of the people. That includes a whole lot of Democrats. I don't think 80% of the people agree that the sky is blue. Honestly, I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure that 80% of the people don't know whether the sky is blue or not. It's just too big a number. We've all seen the, you know, when really bright college students are, you know, interviewed, how much they know. It's an amazing thing that we continue to predict and predict and predict. Everything went wrong. Interest rates the Fed was completely behind the curve, and, and, and inflation took off. We passed ridiculous bills of more and more and more money. And then on top of that, there's a war that impedes energy. Energy to Europe. Okay, so Europe collectively is about the size of America, GDP-wise. China has decided that they're going to continue to be shut down. We don't want to use one of those, you know, Western vaccines, number one. Number two, we think we can control it because we're China. And finally, they just blow up and everybody in China gets COVID. And they reopen. But that's just like right now. For the whole year, another giant economy is off the rails. Supply chains haven't been fixed. And then on, on top of all of this, we have unbelievably insane, insanely stupid policy choices. Let's pour more money into an inflationary environment. Okay, that's smart. Uh, according to who? Nobody. So we light fires everywhere. We, 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 we shut down our own oil supply in our country. We don't let them drill. We don't let them fix the problem in the world. And 2022 goes on and on like this. We get to 23, and is it possible to say that maybe everything will go right? Because what happened over the winter in Europe is unbelievable. It was like unbelievably warm. People didn't weren't cold. And, and, and they weren't hungry. Now, it's not just because everybody always predicts the worst of the worst of the worst. It's also because the reality is things really kind of went perfectly. It was a perfect storm in the positive way. So we had that happen. And then all of a sudden, now can we look at 23 and go, you know, maybe things are going to be okay in the economy. Maybe it isn't going to be a terrible hard landing. Maybe we are going to kind of have a mild recession. Maybe we're already in it and the market is looking forward to better days on the other side. Maybe, just maybe, some of the important things are going to be looked at in Washington. Maybe. I'm, I, I, I'm hopeful. But some of the things that are, are starting this year off are like, things are going pretty good. Like, especially in places like Europe and China opened up and, you know, yeah, COVID's everywhere, but they're they're doing the right thing now. It's just things are changing and, and maybe less saber rattling around the world and maybe all those things. I don't know. But so far, looking back at 22, everything went wrong. Maybe 23 is the mirror image of that. Maybe. But right now what we know is that you should own stocks after they go down a lot, and they did. So own them. Don't guess what 23 is going to do for the market. It's irrelevant, and you'll be wrong. I promise you're going to be dead wrong. And I promise you, you've been dead wrong already. Nobody thought technology stocks would go up 11, 20, 30% more. Nobody. But they did. 
I am so far over. I got to take a break. Our number is 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. That is our number. You know, it's interesting as I as I think about, you know, doing right things and wrong things um, that we did in 22, and we always try to look back and, and, and learn from that and look back over the years. It, it, it's not like you can ever get it right because you can't. You want to kind of have a, if you will, like mostly get it right type of thing, right? You, you, you kind of want to just... If I if I get most of it right, it's it's all good, and that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's it's one of those things where you you look at it and you say, "Wow, you know, if we could not own some of these stupid things or or chase after things that don't work, it would have been a better year last year." And those are the things you try to learn from. And I I. I, last year was one of those things where you look at it and you say, you know, some of those little tech stocks that were down like 50%, man, they kept falling. There, There isn't a reason to say at some point that you have to, you have to say it doesn't matter if it's down 50, it might be going out of business. And so... Stubbornly holding on to losing positions is something over the years I continue to fight. And usually when we let go, then, of course, it turns around. That's the moment it turns. You time it perfectly. You finally give up, and it turns. And one of the lessons I learned in 22 is it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You're going to have magnitudes every year of how far you're off different areas, different sectors that you're just totally wrong on. You bought way too early. You shouldn't have bought in the first place. And, and as we look at it, it's it's the same thing on the upside, right? It's, you, you, no, you shouldn't have bought Tesla at hundreds and hundreds of dollars a share. No, it isn't going to infinity. It's not. I mean, I, I yeah. Full disclosure: for the first time ever, I've, I own Tesla stock. Personally, it's a tough one to own. I mean, it's not like we're putting it in client portfolios. You can't. It's a crazy one. Why'd you put that in there? I was going out of business. I mean, you know, you, you you have to be careful with some of these things. Generally speaking, we own the same companies, but only a very aggressive investor can own a company like Tesla, especially in light of its constant in the news, in your face, war against it. How could anybody own it? How can you talk positive about it? Especially when it came from such a level and, 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 and falls apart, falls apart, falls apart, falls apart. And then finally, as it falls apart, and then all of a sudden, Elon Musk goes from a great green innovator into the devil because he exposes Twitter for what it is. And all the media jumps on it, pounds it to death. And this is the kind of thing that is tough to do or explain and own. Where do you come in? And we see that all across the board. How, people talking negatively about NVIDIA. Well, you know, what is an NVIDIA? I know it, they make microchips, but they make the stuff for artificial intelligence, gaming. I mean, the really, really complex and hard microchips. Super hard, super amazing stuff. They were a darling 12 months ago, and they were unbuyable a month ago. Unownable under any circumstance could you own that. And now I think they're up 40%, something like that, just since the beginning of the year. And, of course, now you can own it, I guess. I don't know. So we're always chasing this backward-looking picture when really what we ought to be doing with the backward-looking picture is just let's figure out maybe 
learn a little bit from it? Where did we go wrong? How can we not do those things again? How can we not own a best bed, bath, and beyond? You know, don't, don't chase it. Don't own the Reddit stocks. Turn it off. Don't even look. Stay away. Buy and own the great corporations. Put them away and leave them alone. When stocks have their periodic disruptions, back up the truck and own them. Because 100% of the time, three years, five years later, and by the way, almost all the time, one year later, <laughs> it's almost all the time, you make a lot of money. It doesn't take forever. That's what I know. I don't know when it happens, what's going to happen. What I know is that it always happens. I don't need to figure out the precise bottom. That's what we know. All right. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. We've got to take a break here for Fox News. We'll be right back. Hello. Welcome. And once again, thank you for joining us. And of course, we have podcasts, articles, et cetera, at petsofinancial.com. I was talking about our recent Zoom, which be turns into a YouTube on our 2022 and 2023, if you, and it's got charts and everything in it. I, I Again, I think you'll enjoy it, and, and it's a, a little different take, if you will, on our ability to predict. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Terry, thanks for joining us. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. I've been about a half a bubble off of plum mentally for a few days here, and... Uh, Say that again. That was amazing. It was interesting. Very poetic. Half well, a bubble off of a plum? Uh, no, off of plum. If you take off a level of plum, and got it. Plum, okay. Yep. Half it, a bubble. It, I like that. That's very good. Uh, anyway, if, if, if a, in your esteemed opinion, if a miracle happened, and these profligate, disingenuous, self-serving clowns back in Washington actually got together and Stopped wasting money, or, or you know, whatever. If started to balance the budget, what really would happen to the economy, and how long do you think it'd take to to get right? Great question. Uh, easy question, right? Yeah, super easy. I, yeah, I can divine that one. You know, <laughs> it, it it really, I, I I think you'll see the economy do better within six months or a year of really what appears to be tough decisions. Uh, of not throwing money at the economy. In other words, you'll hear yelling and screaming from on high about how this is the most horrible thing ever. I, you know, I am old enough to have actually been an adult when Ronald Reagan saved our country. Yep. And this yelling and screaming of the end of—I mean, this, this is, I think, when it became that Republicans were throwing Grandma off the cliff. I think that was the first go-around go for that. That Ronald Reagan was going to starve the women and children, and and particularly if you're a person of color, that that that, that of course that meant you starved even more, okay, and and that's when I think the yelling and screaming was the loudest. And it took a year to turn around a disaster. We're not at the same disastrous level. It was really bad. People don't even remember, maybe barely hear about it anymore when interest rates hit 21.5% prime yep. lending rate. Buy a house were, at that time. I understand that. Yeah, it was it was really gruesome. It took time. So I don't know how long it would be before we started to see the confidence to return, which means businesses would borrow, expand, spend money on new equipment, and the economy would begin to turn in a deeper, more meaningful way. We always forget this. When government spends a dime, it not only wastes a great part of that dime, not because I think it's waste and you, you think it's really good, I'm saying they waste it on administrative stuff. So let's call that number 40%. But even if it's just a dime, and you say it all goes to some back into the economy, it came out of the economy. It came out of the productive economy. 
So what we always forget is that it didn't just come out of thin air. We forget that the government, to do anything, has to steal from the productive private sector in order to do it. Now, we don't call it stealing. We just call it taxes. And on top of that, we lay regulation because, gosh, we have to, we have to know more about how to safely drill for oil. And we should do safely things, safe things. I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with some regulation, but you get my point. Government doesn't help the economy in any way, but that's what people will say. By cutting back spending, it's going to hurt the economy. It does not, because in order for government to spend, it has to steal from the highly productive private sector in order to waste it in the public sector. And we forget that. You have to reinstill somewhere in the educational system or whatever that you don't have money, wealth, whatever, unless you earn it. Is I, I, the the commercial way back when you know the I forget his name now House Houseman or whatever. Yeah. Um, was for oh I forget TD it wasn't TD Ameri Price Waterhouse Coopers or somebody. Yeah. Your money you have to earn it. Oh, and I it, know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we but, we make money the old-fashioned way. Yes, thank we you. earn it. <laughs> I can't do it nearly as good as that guy did. He was good. But, yeah, but you know that's where we're 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 it, again. Like I said, my brain's been wrapped around the axle, not just spinning loose and not doing anything productive. But trying to think of stuff. What could we do? How could we get there? And. It would it, it it would be so much better if we just go back to some simple principles. Well, it would, and and um, but we're caught in a political world right now, not a um, productive, problem-solving world. It's um, yell and scream. Both sides do it, and uh, it has to be my way or the highway. If if you're not conservative enough, you're just a rhino. You have to go completely to the right. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not completely a progressive, then you're not certainly not a Democrat. It's, you don't it, care. Yeah, it, it, right. You're not woke enough. It, and it's it's really a, a horrifying situation. It, oh. it really is for problem solving. But I do I'm believe— I'm not buying M&Ms, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it is. It's, it's, it's a weird world we are in. It's upside down. But, but, but I, I've always believed this, and I have to, have to say it was my dad that put this thought in my head years and years and years ago. When, when the republic needs saved, a Ronald Reagan will come along. Yeah, I, I, I got to believe I, that's true, right? Somebody's going to reach through to enough people. We only need to get 60% of the country moving in the right direction to get well, us no, moving 15, in the right direction. The, the, the Revolutionary War was won with 15% of the population. So Correct. But you have to change the hearts of more than 15%, more than half. We have to change the hearts. I'm saying we can make that difference with just more than half and start changing their hearts. Ronald Reagan did. Our country yeah. believed in ourselves, and we came back. We can and do that again. sideline to that, if Tip O'Neill would only kept his word and not spent money. But anyway, that set up a bad precedent there, too. <laughs> it, so. it, it always does. All <laughs> right, Terry, i got to go, and thank you so much for your call. Take care, sir. Have a wonderful day. All and right, our number thanks. is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Our final breakup coming. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us. Once again, comments and questions, shoot those over to PetsoFinancial.com. And we also, of course, have our YouTube, a new YouTube out. But I also want to highlight some of the other ones for those folks that are, you know, wanting to look at a little history of the Dow and things like that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. And, of course, with charts and everything else, it kind of, you know, we, we, we give some visuals on it, too. I've mentioned this several times. If you really want to know about energy, all energy, transmission in our country, Jim Murchie is also on there, and it is a, hey, it's long. It is fabulous. Break it in half if you need to. But if you really want to know about energy, I mean know about energy, non-political. I defy you to tell me if he's a Republican or a Democrat by the time you get done listening to it. I don't know either. That I love. Pure, raw, brilliance, non-politicized. 
great source of data. And it, so and don't, don't com comment on energy policy without the, the facts. It's just very, very complex, and it was a good one. It's on there, too. All right, let's go to the phones before we run out of time. Dan, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Well, um, I just have a comment, and I'd like to hear your response or thoughts. But mm -hmm. it seems to me that nothing at this time is the same as it ever was before. You know, comparing Ronald Reagan, the days and the past, and it seems like all the rules are changed. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, um, there was this disastrous thing about the, you know, this Pfizer exec. And not a single media outlet has carried that story. And nobody knows that. It is a complete lockdown on media. And we, the people, can be awake. We can see what's happening. But the majority of people do not. I see people every day. I see at least 100 people a week. And I hear all the you know, feedback about understanding about the vaccines and this and that. And, you know, all the while, bodies are piling up and people don't have a clue why. And yet they're just going to the media. They're going to the media to get that answer. So how can investing be the same going forward? How can uh, the news be the same going forward? The propaganda is so broad and extensive, it seems to me that... 50% of people who are in the know can y'all be controlled by, uh, by the forces that are in charge. And so I think as a positive thing from all that negativity, if we could in any way, shape, or form address all of our legislators to not get distracted by classified material and focus on breaking up these monopolies. Yeah. Now that's my comment. All right. Dan, Everything you said is, is, uh, is true. I think the reality is this. Every time is different. It is. We have to hold oftentimes to completely opposing but absolutely correct thoughts in our head to have a real answer, meaning this time is different, is dangerous to say, right? You know, trees grow to the sky, they don't, right? You, you, you have to understand that this time market cycles are not going to really be different. They are going to be similar in some ways. And yet every time is different because there's different human beings, different technology, different stuff in the world. And we're in that one of those times. We're, we certainly are. So it's always different. But I'm not sure that we can't come back from that and, like you said, break up some of these things. I think Elon Musk is doing that. The private sector doing it is starting the ball rolling right towards this information blackout of anything from the right. So I do. Uh, Dan, I'm going to run out of time. So thank you very much, though, for your call. Well, I appreciate you. it. And I, I do. But, but I, in closing, it doesn't make me not have hope in saying that we are going to go ahead and solve these things. And no, Ronald Reagan's not going to look like Ronald Reagan. It'll be a different thing. But somebody that can speak to us and change our dynamic is coming. Have a great weekend.